Welcome back to Jesus Speaks Farsi. Thanks for joining us for our second episode in our series, Many Threads, One Tapestry. We're chatting with Iranian believers whose stories are just slightly different than what you may be used to hearing on our podcast. Today, I'll be talking with Daria, an Iranian woman who grew up in Germany and sees her experience of living between the German and the Farsi cultures as part of her calling as a bridge builder. Daria is also a talented worship leader and a songwriter for the Iranian church. I know you'll enjoy hearing Daria's story of God's restoration of her family and her incredible insight into the high value that Iranians place on their freedom to worship through song. We're glad you're here. Let's get started. Welcome back to Jesus Speaks Farsi. I'm Dara Lynn, and I'm here with Daria today, although she, we're actually not together. She's in Germany, and I am not, but um, so we're talking across the across the pond today, but um excited for this conversation. So thanks for, for being here with me today, Daria. Thank you, Darylin, for having me. It's a pleasure. For me too. Well, why don't we just jump right in today? We're just going to ask some questions and hopefully um, you can share with us just about your life and about what God's yeah. been doing and um, perfect in you and through you. So let me just to start with, if you can just tell us a little bit about your your early life growing up and mm-hmm. what that looked like. Um your family and yeah. you as a as a kiddo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, just how you said, I'm living in Germany, actually kind of my whole life. I was two years old when my mom decided to leave Iran and just leave the country, leave all the broken life, all her problems behind. And obviously she took me with her. We came to Germany. And yeah, so living in Germany was, um, I mean, for me, it was um, great, actually. I had like everything I wanted for my childhood in my childhood. But um, obviously, because our life in Iran like turn, didn't turn out the way my mom expected it to be. My parents sep- got separated because of a lot of things and problems. And she just came to Germany and thought, um, new country, new life. It was a new country, but it was just new problems and more problems. And even um, in my childhood, I had like, I really felt so empty. I had like materialistically, I had everything I wanted. My mom really, she worked hard. She provided everything for me, which a child needs. And um, actually, I even never asked myself, like, where is my dad? So we were just living day by day and um, focusing on building a life here. It was just like really the strong team, me and my mom in a new country. We had no family here, no friends, nothing. And back in that um, year, it was actually um, 1994. It was like we kind of were one of the first uh, uh, foreign people in our city. I mean, it felt like that now when we go through the city, we see so many like foreigners and and people who came here. But um, yeah, I felt like this emptiness inside of me throughout my whole childhood. And I had like serious life questions like um, every day is the same. I hope like the next day it just gets better. I remember uh, just laying in my bed um, at the age of six, seven and I don't want it to start the day because I was like, okay, this day is going to be like the next day. And interestingly, um, uh, especially when I look at my life now, I see why I felt like that. Sundays were the worst day for me. 
um, Sundays was the worst day for me. It was just like so empty uh, until Jesus came into our life and he changed everything. What what was the, um, for you and your mom, was there any kind of religion or spiritual element to your lives mm. during that time? No, actually, um, that's the thing. My mom grew up in a house um, that was totally uh, like a free, um, free spirit. So they were not Muslims. And my grandpa used to always say, do you see, for example, this water bottle? And she was like, yes. And he was like, okay, it exists. Do you see God? And then obviously she would say no. And he was like, okay, so it's not, he's not existing. He was like very pragmatic. And so uh, she grew up in that kind of environment. And that's why we never talked about God during my whole childhood. Mm-hmm. But through a miracle, which is like a kind of whole story by its own and maybe it would take too much time now but really through a miracle my mom came to Christ in Germany when she was in a very very difficult situation mm-hmm. and um, she had an encounter with Jesus um, she poured her out, heart out at a church which was near a home and she was just crying and saying God if there is like if you are there please come and then she forgot that prayer and after that prayer many things happened in her life And at that age, I was eight, I saw that she's a transformed uh, woman. I was like, yeah. this is not my mom. I can't recognize her. Yeah. And, What were some um, things that were different? What was different about her that you noticed as a child? She was her? just different. She had hope. She was, uh, I, I just could feel it. And I could even feel it in the atmosphere in a home. Mm. And um, I mean, one of the greatest miracles back then when I was a child um, actually, it's two things. So the one thing is that I saw Jesus in a dream, um, mm. like he came in a dream uh, to me and I saw how he was baptizing me. And mm. um, it was, you got to imagine that all these years we never talked about God. Yeah. So I didn't know what it is. And when she started to talk to me about God at first at that age, I was like, I really don't know what you're talking about, but just it clicked this one day to the to another. And also after that dream, it clicked. And I started my personal relationship with God at that age. And uh, the other thing, um, I said two things were very big. So one was like this personal encounter. And the other thing was that Jesus uh, reunited our family. Like after many years, my dad, he came to Christ through a miracle in Thailand. So he went from Iran to Thailand And actually, we had like no contact at all um, mm-hmm. during all these years. My mom tells me that he called us a couple of times. I don't remember that. But um, so the story is, how did we came to Christ? Should I share this year? Or? Yes, this is the perfect time to share. Yeah. yeah okay. Um, yeah, the story was actually that my dad used to call us and just talk to my mom and to me just to keep like the contact um But we were separated for five, six, seven years kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And then um, he came through a miracle um, to Christ in Thailand. And then he called and said, yeah, I'm a Christian. And he talked to my mom and I'm I'm a changed person. And he expected it to be great and like everything like that she would say that's perfect. But it was totally the opposite. She was like, that's one of your new tricks and don't call ever again. And uh, what are you talking about? And so that was actually the point where the relationship, which wasn't the greatest, but it was kind of there, it stopped. Okay. So my dad has been praying for us over a year 
And then that year, my mom and I, we came to Christ in Germany without any contact. Um, many things happened. It's just now like too time consuming if I tell, but it was a miracle. And after all these years, when I was at the age of eight, he came to Germany. We started a new life together as a new family in Christ. And um, seeing like the transformation of my mom, encountering Jesus, really feeling the peace I never had. Like I really had a good childhood. And like, um, as I said, materialistically, I had everything actually like a child wants. But I always had this emptiness and like these serious life questions because I knew there was something missing. And um, so I had this peace and really like, a revival in that childhood. I started to talk with my school friends and they became Christians. And we came mm-hmm. after school home, we read the Bible. I gave them like a cross necklaces. Mm-hmm. It was just amazing. And then seeing like God is giving me a new family and he's restoring everything. That mm-hmm. was like the total proof that he's alive. Yeah. Wow. So at eight, that's when you, you and your mom become believers. Your dad had been a Christian for maybe a year had been praying for you that year. Right. Right. Yeah. And then after that, did your mom invite your dad to come to come to Germany to live with you? Or did he just show up? That's a good question. (laughs) Um, Actually, I think they both just decide. I think, yeah, I never asked that question. My mom, (laughs) I should ask her, but I I think my, my dad kind of like proposed to her again and they um, said, yes, let's start a new life together. Okay. And um, yeah, that's okay. when he came. And the interesting thing is that until that point in my life, I was eight. My mm-hmm. mom didn't talk to me in Farsi at all because she mm-hmm. wanted to learn German. And she also mm-hmm. studied then here and said, why should you talk to me in Farsi? I want to learn German and I'm living in a new country and my child is also so when my dad came, it was the first like um, Farsi talks I had, and it was interesting because we couldn't understand each other. That's, it was it was funny. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. So then, did you learn Farsi after that? I mean, it took some years. Sure. It really took a lot. Yeah, some years because in school I uh, was learning English and French, yeah. and uh, I'm also continuing German. Sure. So um, yeah. And it came also with the church later that my Farsi got better. But at the beginning, like the first years, my mom was kind of the translator between me and my dad. So, <laughs> okay, well, yeah, that's, that's amazing. Well, tell me what's what was your like when your mom moved to Germany? What mm-hmm. was her work? What did she do when she arrived? Having like knowing no one and not really having community. What did that look like? Did she just find a job and. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, back then, it's um, how many years ago is it? Like 25, six years ago. It wasn't like it is today. Now, when you come to Germany, um, like when you leave your country and um, start a new life somewhere, they have like this whole system to learn the language, to mm-hmm. find a job and everything. And back then, um, there were no opportunities like that. So she, I always say that everywhere. She's my hero because she like just fought through life and always had me on my mind to give me the best possibilities I could have. Um, I don't remember everything, but I like, I know that she, um, yeah, she started to work a lot. And then of course she got us a good house, like a home. Um, and then she, uh, studied, um, working with children. 
So that's um, where she uh, graduated. And after that, she worked for, I think, over 10 years parallel to like pastoring also um, mm. with uh, handicapped children. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Wow. Yeah, your mom does sound like a hero. Yeah, that just yeah. She sounds pretty incredible. Are you are you and your parents still really close? Is that a relationship that yeah, very close. Especially because we had no family here. It was always just like um me and my mom. I also had always my mind to see her happy and she like she was, but you know, when God is not in your life, you know that there's something missing and that was the thing that I realized like really pretty soon in life. And I'm thankful for that. That mm -hmm. I realized in my childhood that like you can have everything, but if God is not in your life, then there's this emptiness and nothing can take the place of God in your heart. Not money, not like um, anything. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's so true. Well, tell me a little bit about what, um, as you all became believers, what did you say, like 25 years ago, what would community look like for you all? Did you, I know you, you mentioned um, that you didn't really, or you mentioned earlier, I think before we started recording, um, that you didn't really meet any other Iranians until later. Mm -hmm. um, what was, what was yeah. that like for, for your family to begin to become part of a community, become part of a church? Mm. I mean, um, it is important to know that my mom and I, we got baptized after we came to Christ in a German church. So when we came, uh, we became believers, uh, she was looking for an Iranian community or a church everywhere, um, even like around the city we're living in right now. We're still living in that city where we came to Christ. So, um, but there was nothing, like nothing at all. And mm. so we uh, got part of a German church and actually visited that church for like many, many years. Um, and my dad, he got baptized in Thailand. And so when he came to Germany, he also had a vision there from God um, uh, to share what happened to him and to our family just with others. And because my dad got radically set free, like from one day to another day. So huge miracle. And my mom, um, everyone saw that he's a changed man. And so um, very naturally, we just started to share what Jesus did in our lives um, with other Iranians, especially my parents. Of course, I was a child. They just were sharing that if you're um, in a very bad situation, if you feel there's no hope, and if you feel like you've lost all hope and things are dead in your life because they were really dead in our lives, um, Jesus can save you and he will make the dead things come alive again. Mm -hmm. And so um, it just started very naturally in our home. Many Iranians were coming and very soon the Iranian congregation got too big. The neighbors were complaining. Why are they singing so loud? Why are they eating? And like it's yeah. until very uh, late at the night. Yeah. And so we had to go to a church building. And then we were for a couple of years in a German church um, building there, but this grew also too much. And then since 2012 or 13, um, actually, it was like the first formal Iranian church in the city. And um, it was never the plan to let's let's build a church or something. It was just always let's share what Jesus did and give people hope. 
and um, the church very quickly became our new family. And I have to say that there are a lot of young people still as well. And we all say that this is our family because all of them also, they come alone, they, they leave their parents, they leave their family. And this is like our new family. And they also call my parents mom and dad. And mm. yeah, God just gave us, he gave us new hope, a new yeah. like family, but also a new spiritual family. Yeah, that's so great. Well, kind of in light of your having grown up in Germany and then becoming part of this Iranian church community, what what has that been like for you? I'm really just curious, living essentially across two cultures. I mean, I know for you, you are German, but having been born in Iran, have Iranian parents, and now part of this Iranian fellowship, what mm-hmm. what is it like? Like, well, I'm curious, like, how do you live across those two cultures? And then how does that Im- like impact your understanding of what it means to be a Christian, to have your identity in Christ? Like, does that all, how does that all work, Daria? <laughs> that is a great question. And it's it was actually, or I would say maybe it still is the question, one of the questions of my life, because I kind of had to find my identity in all of this. Uh, because I was in a German church for like 10 years, parallel to our church. I was also in our church. And that's where, like our church, I mean the Farsi community and the Farsi church of my parents. And that's where I had the first contact with many Iranians in church. And um, it is important to know that the German culture is so different from the Iranian culture in many ways, many, many ways. So, um And growing up in the German culture and then like at the age of, I mean, I was eight when we came to Christ, but when we really started the church, I was maybe 13, 14, and then just growing into that. And in that age, there's some things you don't realize. And after years, you realize more and more and more. So um, I kind of would say that right now I see myself as a bridge builder because now I see also many other people who... Uh, are maybe the second generation that grew up here. And so they still have that struggle between the cultures. But um, it was difficult. It was difficult. I was struggling for like many years because, for example, the German culture is very direct. And if you have an issue or if there's anything, you just go and talk to a person. You're very open. There, It's not like you say something and what you say has maybe also another meaning and also just the the relationship between men and women in in the german culture is very easy and very um it's just different you know like when people come from iran and um the the first contact they have with another man or another woman is in university and it's like super awkward or you know it's just not like that for us yeah. so it was difficult and kind of funny sometimes when um, men would like, no, let me say it like that. When brothers would fall in love with you all the time and you had to like make clear that, hello, we're brothers and sisters. Or when you would just say some stuff and then realize then uh, in Farsi culture, you need like a lot of more explanation for that. And but also I would find myself. uh You meant brothers and sisters in Christ, right? Just want to clarify, not just Yeah, yeah. Brothers and sisters in Christ and church, when you would be like the pastor's child and saying hello to someone, just very friendly. That's it. A friendly hello. And they would fall in love. And I would be like, you know, I had this funny situation when 
I just like surely I'll tell that. When we had this, um, so many refugees coming to our church and um, it was when the borders got open. And I remember uh, for an Iranian church, they were coming a lot on Sundays. It was like 350 people every Sunday. And this is a lot because German churches here in our city are not even that big. Mm -hmm. So, and then we had those brothers who would come, yeah, I saw in a dream you came and gave water to me. And me and my German culture, I would say, yes, that was Jesus water. And afterwards, my mom be like, no, he wasn't, <laughs> he wasn't telling the truth. And it was just funny. But yeah, <laughs> after many years, I just found that Maybe God had placed me also because I talk also with many German people about, about Iranians. A lot of German churches have now many Iranians and they don't know the culture. They misunderstand some things. And I feel like I'm a bridge builder in between that. Yeah. Do you find yourself identifying with one culture over the other? Or maybe you said that earlier to me that you felt like you consider yourself to be German. Would you say? I actually, yeah, I do. I do. I just like recently had that conversation with my mom and now many years passed by and I'm really like serving among Iranians a lot. I was like, I think I'll never be that Iranian as hard as I try. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'll do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, also because um, Farsi is the latest, like, um, for like English is even easier for me than Farsi. But I'm also thankful that when I started to do music, like Farsi worship music, Iranians love just when I sing with the accent I have and all of that. So they're very welcoming that. So, okay. well, speaking of music, can you share a little bit about what being a musician has meant, I think, to you in your walk with the Lord and how he's used that um, to call you into ministry. What is that? How did that start? How did you discover, mm. oh, I had this gift mm -hmm. and, and then what did it look like to be called into ministry? Mm. Uh, so I always loved music um, and I was listening to music also in my childhood, like 24 seven. But actually, my mom just like um, signed me up for guitar lessons um, when I was 11 and I had like classical guitar lessons. But when I started to do worship, it was actually in church. It um, kind of started out of a need. I was worshiping at home like a lot for myself and for God. And, you know, no one was there. But when we started the Farsi church, uh, I remember that was also the point where I had to decide, do I want to serve a German church or a Farsi church? Because you have to imagine I was serving the youth at Fridays, the youth of the German church. Mm -hmm. No, sorry. I was serving the healing services. We had healing services in our German church. I was doing worship there on Friday, Saturday with the German youth. And then Sunday also again with the German church and the Farsi church. And I remember I had like the situation running after the German service to the Farsi service. And I just felt so torn apart. Yeah. I really felt like God is telling me, now you have to decide. And he wasn't even pushing me into a direction. I just felt that it's it's the healthier way for me. Sure. And so I was thinking, if I decide for the German church, then the Farsi church, um, which is, by the way, called Nur. Nur means light. Okay. Uh, 
would have to use like a CD player. Back in the days, we had CD players yeah. and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, if I don't go through the German church, they'll be probably just using another worshiper because they have a lot. And so I decided to um, serve where the greater need is. And that's why I started uh, just to lead worship in our church at the very young age, when I was 15, maybe. I was very shy. I had a lot of hair. I pulled all my hair into my face so no one could see me. I was sitting there with my guitar <laughs> and just worshiping God. I really felt like it was, now when I think of it, it was like one of the best times in my life because God showed up. And so I started to do worship actually out of a need in, in a Farsi church. Okay. That's so great. Well, what is, how has that kind of grown I guess how's mm. your ministry over the year like yeah. so what did you do at, so you're in high school mm -hmm. or I yeah. guess what do you call it in Germany it's not high school yeah it's, yeah it's, it's just it? okay. school yeah just school <laughs> <laughs> and then did you go to university and studied music yeah. or yeah yeah I did I studied music in a very good university here in Germany in uh, the city of Hamburg because that was really like my desire and a dream of me to get like professional in what I'm doing, what I'm already doing and to learn more. And so I remember we had this very big exam. It was like a whole day, which you always have to do. If you want to study music, you have to be able to play like several instruments and to sing, to lead a group, to speak, to play piano and different things. Now just like was preparing after school a whole year for that test, which you always got to do. And I was just praying, God, if that's your will, please open that door. And I ran, went to Hamburg and um, I got accepted. The whole day was amazing. I played like all the classical and everything stuff they wanted. And so I studied music there for five years. Okay, so you went to university, you studied music, and then what came after? Oh, well, I wondered too, like, did, did you feel like as you studied at university that that was in preparation for ministry? Or did you mm -hmm. think you might move into a more like a, mm. a professional musician situation mm. that wasn't specific to church or ministry? Uh, uh, that's a good question. Actually, um, both uh, things like my university and the ministry started at the same time. So in that year I was writing, in that year of preparation, um, I was writing a lot of songs, um, actually a lot of German songs, which I translated into Farsi. And back um those days, it was 2010 until 2012. We had a lot of um, RC conferences where like preachers from America, they would come and do big uh, conferences for Iranian Christians. And so uh, one of those songs, which actually the original song is a German song, I translated, I sang there. And um, there was like this musician who was who was and is kind of very known. Uh, he came and just recorded that song. And actually, um, that song got viral, like, in oh. such a short time. I have, like, got testimonies out of Iran and, like, worldwide testimonies from that one song, um, which was Farsi. And soon after that, I produced the first, like, my first Farsi album with songs we've been just singing at church for, like, many years and also songs which were actually first German, and then we translated it into Farsi. Um, also got to mention, my mom is a great writer, so she wrote also a lot of those songs with me, um, or even like by herself. And um, it was just like 
really a god thing because back in those days i was like kind of the first iranian worshiper female worshiper in europe who released like um farsi worship with a good quality was like really good quality so um the lord just blessed me with that and mm -hmm. when i started to study music i also was kind of full-time in ministry so i did that like both full-time yeah wow okay so you were a little busy so after you graduated did what what did ministry look like did you um did you start well you were already at your church doing worship leading worship there and then what were some other ways that you moved yeah. into full-time ministry um so as i was like studying i was traveling also a lot i was traveling in between the city i'm living in and the city i was studying and mm -hmm. also um getting a lot of requests through the website i have and uh, just people um and uh, churches and different um uh, congregations would invite me to do um, international concerts so especially in those years where the borders got open and so so many Iranians and Afghans came to Germany mm -hmm. uh, what we did um, coming back to the um, building bridges um, I have a German band and we traveled here uh, in Germany and uh, we did Farsi, English and German concerts. So the German churches would invite, they had a lot of Iranians and like from different nations, they would come and we would just have this uh, worship, time of worship. But the thing was um, that, or the tricky thing was that the songs were mainly uh, or mostly in Farsi. So what we did with the German group I had, we wanted to do the music interestingly also for the people who couldn't understand it. So, mm -hmm. um, it was a blessed time, a blessed time with uh, worship, joyful music, just the cultures coming together and we're trying to connect um, yeah. uh, through music and with God. And um, so I've been doing that all those years where I've been studying. So kind of it wasn't that I studied. And after that, I just okay. right now I'm continuing what I've been doing during my studies. <laughs> okay. Well, what does that look like today for you in serving in ministry? Um, it's, it's pretty still the same. It's traveling a lot, um, doing worship concerts, uh, connecting cultures still, mm -hmm. um, when like, uh, yeah, German or foreign, like, uh, people invite, then I'll be talking about the persecuted church. I'll be talking about Iranians and what God is doing in Iran, uh, what he has done and, um, yeah, it's it's like a lot of different things. We're training also like worshippers uh, in different countries. We're doing a lot of youth events at the moment right now. Okay. Um, also working on a youth album, just trying to provide some Christian youth music for them. So it's like there's a lot of different fields. <laughs> Can you share just a little bit about why worship music is so mm. important to the to the Farsi speaking people or to Iranians? What is it about mm. worship music that is is so integral? It feels like to their mm. spiritual life. That is an interesting question because my bachelor thesis um, I wrote about that actually my oh, yeah. bachelor thesis yeah, and um, so. 
The Farsi worship music is so important for Iranians, but also it represents the Iranian Christianity because when you, um, so right now we have different worshippers, Farsi worshippers, but when you analyze the songs from uh, like the last 30 years until now, you can clearly see like three phases. Um, mm. There's this three phase model, which I kind of developed in my thesis. Um It represents the development of the Farsi Christianity. And um, so you can see that when Iran was a free land, so there was the king and it wasn't um, an Islamic uh, country back then. The churches were small. Um, there was no uh, revival in like like we have today. The songs were very theologically and just like church songs and very uh, simple, maybe a little bit... Um, religious and then after iran became a muslim country an islamic country after iran became an islamic country uh, the persecution started and the churches were growing because persecution came and the songs also became about that it became about standing in god and stand mm. firm and fight for your uh, faith and even if you um, are now under the um, radar of the Islamic Republic. I'll still go to church. And the songs were also about that. And then after the church got closed, so that's where like my generation steps in, like the songs we are writing right now, I'm writing and also other worshipers, they're very personal. They're telling our personal story. They're telling my personal story as um, an Iranian who grew up in Germany. I never could go back to Iran because of my faith, because I started so soon with the uh, mm -hmm. TV work and um, just um, being a woman, a Christian, sure. singing mm -hmm. about Jesus. And mm -hmm. also like um, our, our videos um, get streamed in the Iranian television. Mm -hmm. So um, now all the songs, they became about the intimacy you have with God and also God seeing you in in your struggle, seeing you in, in the exile, like mm -hmm. um, in, in the country you had to leave, like many Christians, many people, they had to leave the country. So um, that is why Iran like Iranian worship is so important because it's representing that. Mm -hmm. And it is, um, music is just a big, big role in Iranian culture and it's personal. Sure. So people yeah. connect with that. They see themselves in that. Yeah, um, that's a really helpful explanation. As just over the last few years working with Iranian Christians, I've definitely observed that that worship is just such a huge part of of mm -hmm. their faith. And not that it's not here in America amongst Christians, but um, but there just seems to be this unique, I don't know, like just passion and and joy totally. that and just totally. there's like a I don't know I I'm mean, really. Yeah. Anyway, that's encouraging. That's to true. Hear. But another another thing, uh, I mean, music is always connecting people. It's sure. it's always like that. But um, when you sing about God and God shows up in in that music, like you really feel the presence of God. But also the thing is that now that the churches in Iran got closed and everything is kind of forbidden, the only way we can reach now people in Iran is to television work. And that's why when we record like TV programs and they stream like our videos there and the, the worship, the songs we write, um, that's the only way we can reach them. And um, I would say that God is just using that in a huge way to touch hearts and just to encounter people. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I love that. Um, 
that's really, that's really great. <laughs> uh, I also love just what you were sharing too, just about your, I know my questions about like, what is it like to be German and Iranian and a believer and know all these languages. And I just, I love your explanation of just being a bridge builder and how the Lord has positioned you so uniquely uh, where you are um, to be able to to offer that, and um, that's just that's just really thank cool. you, thank you. I feel so blessed and honored that God is yeah. doing that. Yeah, you should. I mean, the Lord is really. I feel like you you really are. The Lord has really blessed you in so many ways, and um, I love I love how He's using you to bless others um, with the gift He's given you. Well, tell me, tell our listeners where can they go to hear your music? What would be the best place for them? To go online. Um, I mean, YouTube or Instagram is um, the best way. Also, Spotify, if, if they just type um, Daria Music, so D A R Y A Music. And also, of course, um, if they type Time for Worship there, that's the best um, to, to hear the music. That's great. What are some, what are some things maybe that you'd be willing to share for our listeners to, to pray for you about? Um, oh, thanks for asking that. I always need prayer. Um, maybe especially now since like the movement, uh, the couple of months, um, been happening in Iran and, um, the women taking off their uh, hijab and things like that. Actually, God really opened amazing doors also in Germany. So I've been just, Recording some videos, they got viral, like over two, three million views. And I got open doors with politi polit politicians. Politicians, yeah. Uh, got open doors with politicians here. And so it's like um, a new uh, area or a new, a new way to reach other people, especially like more unbelievers and people who are involved in politics and stuff like that. And that um, maybe you can just pray that God would also use those uh, doors and they would like invite me to speak about being a Christian, a woman who does music, because all these three things are like forbidden in Iran and you will be killed for one of them. And I'm doing all the three of them. <laughs> and yeah. so, um, yeah, so people get touched by that testimony um, of God and just pray for protection and that he would continue to um, reach um many people for Christ and um, just uh, that, that his name would be glorified and his will would be done. Um, that would be great. That's great. Well, really appreciate you taking some time today to share and um, tell your story. And I'm just really, yeah, encouraged by uh, getting to Thank chat you. with you. Thank you so much, Daryllyn. Thank you for this opportunity and for listening yeah well i really appreciate it and our listeners are going to really be encouraged uh, to hear your story so thank you so much thank to you Thanks so much for being here with us today. I hope hearing from Daria encouraged your heart and stirred your imagination for what's possible with God in your story and in the stories of those around you. Next time on Jesus Speaks Farsi, we'll be talking with Hassam, an Iranian man who's coming to faith before the Iranian revolution has meant 40 years of growing in wisdom and faithfulness, impacting his teaching role in the Iranian church. We hope you'll join us next time for that conversation with Hassam. Until then, I hope you experience Jesus in a new way this week.
If you've enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, would you take a moment to subscribe to our podcast or leave us a rating or review? We'd love for more people to learn what Jesus is doing amongst Farsi speakers today. Jesus Speaks Farsi is produced by Elam Ministries, a nonprofit ministry whose mission is to strengthen and expand the church in the Iran region and beyond. For more information, resources, and ways to partner, visit elam.com. 